Welcome to The Joe Show, a podcast that has real conversations with real people about topics that really matter to you. And now your podcast host, Joe Amaral. So welcome to The Joe Show. And uh, we're going to try something new this week. We're not going to do it every week. We're going to record them as often as we can. And these little uh, sub, I don't know, genre, this little mini series that we're going to be running on the Joe show that we're calling Mugshots with Joe Amaral. Mugshots with Joe Amaral. What kind of name <laughs> is that for He's a Christian been podcast? To jail. <laughs> I've been to jail. No, no. I've not been to jail. No, um, the, the whole idea behind Mugshots came as I was thinking about all the traveling that I've done over these last, well, almost 20 years now. Mm-hmm. And I, I've been so blessed to be able to go to so many different countries and, you know, meet some great people, see really cool mm-hmm. things. And what are some of the things that people can kind of, you know, collect when they come back from a trip? Well, I think at one point we were collecting like fridge magnets and we had oh, a certain yeah. kind that we, you yeah, know, we gravitated right. to. And then uh, it was like, no, nah, this is getting too cluttered on the fridge and I hate clutter. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, we'll do a whole podcast on OCD and <laughs> no, I'm kidding. No, Karen is an incredibly organized woman and I thank God for that gift. And so, yeah, the fridge was getting out of control. So some people collect those. Mm-hmm. Uh, some people collect like, like keychains. Yeah, yeah. Or... Keychains from the, you know, from the yeah. cheap uh, touristy shops at the airport yeah. and stuff like that. And I mean, you know, we, we've always been in smaller homes and I didn't want to fill our house with all this, you know, garbage from, <laughs> from other countries and stuff. <laughs> and so I remember the first time I picked up what we're about to talk about was uh, when I was in Hong Kong. And um, I saw a Hong Kong Starbucks mug. Oh, yeah. yeah. Right. And I thought, oh, that's cool. They had the Hong Kong skyline mm-hmm. and there was a certain bridge and like, you know, kind of, I don't know, like epic buildings that you always see in movies and stuff from Hong Kong. And um, I thought, oh, that's kind of a, of a cool keepsake. And so I bought that. And then I went to Malaysia. I'm like, oh, Starbucks here too. And mm-hmm. so I got a mug. And then I went to Australia. And then I went to this country and that country. And then I'm like, oh, they got them in the provinces and in the States. <laughs> and now to date, you have 85 mugs. 85 mugs. That's yeah. crazy. Yeah. And I still didn't get a mug from every place I went to because... Mm-hmm. Not every place has them. <laughs> that's true. Like, especially yeah. now that I'm, I'm going to Africa a lot. Um, as far as I know, only South Africa has a Starbucks in it. Mm-hmm. And when I was there a couple of years back, they had just opened up. So I was able to get a bunch of them from, from there. And so Mugshots is all about... Um, it's not just about Starbucks. It's not about coffee at all. It's got nothing to do with it. It's I decided to get the mugs because I drink coffee every day, mm-hmm. uh, at least two coffees a day. And if I'm being honest, probably three, mm-hmm. three coffees <laughs> a day. And so I thought, what better thing than to every day rotate through the mugs that I've collected over yeah. all the years of travel? Mm-hmm. Well, and then each time you pick up one, you remember, you have a memory with that place and exactly. you remember the people that you were with and it yeah. gives you an opportunity to pray for them and think of them. Oh, absolutely. Every, every single morning. I always try to get from the back of the cupboard or rotate them a little bit when they come out of the dishwasher. They'll be like, oh, Nashville, right. I remember the first time we went there and got this mug. Remember when mm-hmm. this happened and that happened? Mm-hmm. Oh, look, um, Thailand. Oh, my first trip there and mm-hmm. you know, all that kind of stuff. So yeah, it's kind of cool that I can have a coffee in the morning and 
like I don't even think about it anymore, but every morning I have a memory of a church or a, of, of a person that I met or a pastor I had a really cool experience with, a church that I was in or something like that. And so even if I'm connecting through airports and if there's a mug I don't have, I'll get it sometimes. But here's the catch. Mm. I have to have been there in order right. to get the mug. Yeah. You don't just find them on eBay or something. or No. So for anybody listening, don't send me mugs because you live in a city I've never been to because then you're you're making it so that I have to come to your city now. Right? So that's kind of my rule. Like uh, nobody can bring me mugs. Even if I'm just, like I said, connecting through an airport, if I have time, I'll pop in. Because mm-hmm. I'll remember, oh, remember when we went to Australia, we passed through all these airports and we got these mugs along the way. Right. So it's all kind of part of the, the journey and experience. Mm-hmm. And so I will only keep and use mugs from countries which I've been to. So now with having been to Israel, oh, geez, well over 40 times mm-hmm. now, uh, people are asking, or you might be asking, how many mugs from Israel do you have? Like, do you have Jerusalem? Do you right. have Haifa? Do you have Tel Aviv? So how many mugs do I have from Israel? Zero. Zero mugs. <laughs> well, how does that math work? I've been there like over 40 times and I have zero mugs. Mm-hmm. Starbucks wasn't able to survive actually in Israel because of their, their culture. They they are a sit down, yeah. almost like two, three hour coffee. Easy. Easily. Yeah. Yeah, so the whole Western philosophy of, you know, pop in, grab, grab a go. coffee, yeah, yeah, 30, 40 minutes, you're out. No, in Israel, uh, in the Middle East for that matter, when somebody says, let's have a coffee, you're looking at a two-hour commitment. Mm-hmm. And so Starbucks just didn't take for a short time they were there. And I think they released a Haifa mug. Mm-hmm. And you can buy it on eBay or something. But again, it wasn't there when I was there. So I don't, I don't know, I just never, never bothered to do it. But Israel is definitely um, a place that I've traveled to. And, and my goodness, I've made a lot of memories over the years. Mm-hmm. So before we kind of get into my into my many uh, journeys to Israel, let's talk about travel in, in general. Mm-hmm. That's something that people love to do. Mm-hmm. You know, traveling is a great way to see the world, uh, m- make new friends and, and see how other people live. And there's even stats out there that tell us that uh, children who traveled more are more well-rounded people when they grow up, mm-hmm. when they're exposed to other cultures and other styles of, of living. Yeah. So you, you guys traveled a lot like your family, right? Yeah. Well, my mom was from Northern Ireland. And so uh, because her parents were still back there and her brother and family, mm-hmm. um, we would travel there and my grandparents would travel here. So, you know, probably over the years, there were about four or five trips to Ireland when I was growing up. Okay. And, um, like to Belfast, right? Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and then when I was about seven or eight was our first trip to Israel. Um, God had given the verse to my dad in a dream, mm. pray for the peace of Jerusalem. Right. Yeah. Uh, Psalm 122 verse six. And so we had gone to Israel when I was about seven or eight. Mm. And then, you know, other places, um, my you grandparents, Florida, yeah, right? my grandparents would come from, from Belfast and we would all drive down to Florida or to South Carolina. Yeah. Was it Myrtle beach you guys would yeah, go to all the time? Yeah. yeah. See, our family just didn't have that opportunity being a first generation immigrant family. My parents just didn't have a lot of extra money. And when we were really young, we didn't get a chance to, to go traveling. And it wasn't until we were about... I don't know, maybe 14 or 15, we went down to Rhode Island 
uh, to visit some family. Mm -hmm. And then after that, it was uh, it was Acapulco. And mm -hmm. that's when the memories really begin to kick in. Yeah. yeah I, I mean, remember your dad would save up like all year for that. He would work extra like overtime and yeah. he'd put it in the jar. This was his vacation fund. and Yeah. Oh, yeah. my Lord. When you said he put it in a jar. <laughs> Guys, he actually yep. put it in a jar. <laughs> And then he was so proud. He made a wooden box. He, he used to work in a in a window factory, and they would have some leftover wood they would throw out, and he would use that, bring it home, and he would make make a box, and he would put a little mm -hmm. hole like a slot in it or a slat, you know. Yeah. And he would put all of his extra money. He would work weekends. He would work nights, whatever he could, and and going to Acapulco. Oh my goodness, that was his thing. Yeah, I remember that. <laughs> yeah, so I think the next big trip that I took was in 1990 when we got married. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, and we our had our, honeymoon. yeah, our honeymoon. We went down to Jamaica and that was kind of the next big trip that, that mm -hmm. I did. Mm -hmm. And to, to fast forward to where I am today, yeah. to the kid who never traveled, right. to the guy who's, who's never home because the last decade and, and change has taken me all over the world. What an incredible change. I never thought that I would be that guy who who did all this this traveling, mm -hmm. who literally would live out of a suitcase and get really good at doing it. <laughs> well, it used to be that you know vacations you'd pack like a week in advance and you'd have all these things set aside, and now it's like oh morning of throw it in. <laughs> I was gonna say a week in advance. What a loser! Who packs that early? Oh my goodness. I, I, yeah, I would pack the night before, the morning of. It's hilarious. I've gotten to the point where like, oh, shoot, I'm traveling to the other side of the planet tomorrow. I should probably put some stuff together, and, and I do. <laughs> mm -hmm. And so uh, the, the place that I've traveled to the most, hands down, nothing even comes close, mm -hmm. is, is Israel. Yeah. And um, growing up, you know, basically in a, in a nominal, you know, home of faith who knew the basics of the Bible and, and, I don't know, some facts of Christianity. I never had any real connection to the Holy Land or connection to Israel. Mm -hmm. In fact, um, growing up, I, I had no knowledge of Israel whatsoever. Um, I knew it existed in the Bible. And as a kid, I didn't even know it still exist, existed today. Like, that's how that's how detached I was from all of it. So for it to now become or have become something that's such a part of my life, it's absolutely incredible how that all transpired. And although it's really easy to go to Israel now, I mean, I get on a plane, mm -hmm. you know, 10 and a half hours later, I get off the plane, I grab my rental car. Yeah. You know, I take Highway 1 and then 1 into Highway 2 and I get off at this exit. I know exactly where my hotel yeah. is. I mean, I could see it now. If I close my eyes, I know mm -hmm. exactly mm -hmm. where I'm going. But your first trip was a lot different than oh, your man. last trip. <laughs> yeah, yeah. My first trip and my 40 whatever trip are, mm -hmm. um, they were completely different experiences. Mm -hmm. Now, before we get to the actual trip itself, I think it's important to talk a little bit about the buildup, uh, how I got to go to Israel. Uh, that wasn't mm -hmm. on my bucket list. Yeah. You know, I meet so many people today who tell me, oh, Joe, it's, it's on my bucket list. Mm -hmm. I want to go so mm -hmm. badly. And if you would have come to me like before 2002 and right. said, is Israel on your bucket list? I said, dude, it wouldn't have cracked my top thousand places to go. It just was not on my radar mm -hmm. at all. Mm -hmm. You know, and so I'm saying it like that emphatically because the fact that I actually got there, it really was God that, that took me there. Mm -hmm. I mean, let's talk a little bit about... Um, 
I don't know, the events that led us to the place Mm -hmm. where the offer even came for me to go to Israel. So because my dad had had that dream and we had gone when I was little, um, fast forward like to 1985, and basically he wanted to start a ministry to Israel. Mm -hmm. And he had been in touch with Pastor Wayne there and had asked him, you know, what can we do? What can I do to, to help here? What, you know, what's my role kind of thing? Right. And he said, you know, if you can pray for the leaders and help them in whatever way mm-hmm. possible. So my dad started to go a bit at a time, um, you know, just meeting with some of the different pastoral leaders there mm-hmm. and praying with them and ministering to them. Yeah, sort like of, real grassroots. Yeah, he became kind of like the pastor to the pastors yeah. in a sense. And so every year they would have this get together in their home called a home feast. And lots of people who loved Israel would come together and we mm-hmm. would, you know, eat all these Israeli foods. And your dad would have like a guest or a mm-hmm. speaker from yeah. Israel. He'd have if, somebody if from Israel possible. come yeah. Yeah. And, and share and, you know, let them know what God was doing. And, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah. Yeah. And so uh, we had never gone to one of those meetings. No. Uh, again, because Israel was just not, not on, on our radar. my radar. Yeah. And I'm just going to be as honest as I can be. Uh, people who were Israel people were not the kind of crowd that I would normally associate myself with. And so I just had no desire to go to those meetings. Um, I knew that your dad had something to do with Israel, but oh my goodness, for how many years of our marriage did I not even know exactly what it was? It's mm-hmm. hilarious when I mm-hmm. think about it now. I know. And, and it was so much a part of his life. <laughs> I know, but how's that even possible? Yeah. So we had just finished pastoring um, in Northern Ontario. Mm-hmm. And we didn't have a bad experience. I mean, it was a great church. Oh, we and we had, them. Yeah, we they had great people. They were amazing people. I mean, we lived right by uh, a major, major lake. And, Mm -hmm. you know, as a diehard fisherman, it Mm -hmm. was, it was a dream come true for me. It was right down the road. It was, it was a really great experience. But I just personally really just came to um, a a burnout stage of my life. Mm -hmm. You know, we had poured so much into the community and we'd help kind of rebuild the church's uh, name in the area. And we'd purchased some land and we were getting ready to build and then just things just began to go sideways really quickly. And it was more about me than it was about uh, the situation and the people there. And I remember driving home from the city and I just had this feeling, you need to get out, you need to get out. And, and the vision I had was like of a car whose engine was uh, was about to burst into flames. And if mm-hmm. you stayed in the car, you were going to you know burn to death. And I thought, I need to get out of this car before I cause damage to these, mm-hmm. you know, these precious people who have been you know, schlepping with me for, for these past couple of years. And I remember telling you when I got home, I said, that's it, I'm done. Mm. And you're like, what do you mean we're done? Yeah. I was like, no, I'm done. Oh, and I had been gearing up for like, okay, we're going to set this <laughs> town on fire for God. And like, <laughs> I was so excited to move forward. And it was like, oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I just, you know, I felt like I've been giving so much for so long and there was nothing left in the tank. And I've mm. never been one to overstay my welcome. And if I don't feel like I have anything left to give, I don't care what people are saying. Oh, you're so great. This is so great. It doesn't matter. If I know that in my heart that it's time for me to go, if I know that I have nothing left to give, I'm out of there. Like, mm-hmm. I'm not staying for the money. I'm not staying for the paycheck. I, I, I'm, I'm gone. Mm-hmm. And so we left and we went back to the city. And I came up with this really great idea that you you just, you loved so much. <laughs> It's good that this is a podcast and not a video cast. <laughs> Memories are being stirred. <laughs> yes, moving in with family. Yeah. 
We'll just leave it at that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, well, moving into, we had our own home. We had two little kids yeah. at the time, yeah. and we moved into like one room and change. Yeah, and it just, you know, it's not the ideal situation for for a young family. But I just knew. I said, "Listen, I got nowhere to go. I don't know what to do. I don't mm. really want to be in ministry right now. I don't feel like I can pastor." And so I just kind of left, and I would just do whatever. I was painting, uh, just whatever I could do to make mm-hmm. some money. I think to, you were doing like um, tech, tech work. Always doing some computers. Yeah, yeah building computer computers, setting yeah. up networks, all that yeah. kind of stuff. Don't call me now because I've totally lost that that <laughs> gifting. I can barely keep my own computer going. But, um, anyways, to make a very long story kind of short, uh, your dad was having his annual home feast. Mm-hmm. And uh, the guest he had that year was a gentleman who was uh, a dean at the Bible college when I was at the school. Right. And I said, oh man, he's coming all the way to to Oakville. It's like minutes up the road for me. I, I've got to go say mm-hmm. hi. I mean, yeah. I can't be that guy. So I remember thinking, well, I'll, I'll kill a couple of birds with a stone. So I'll, I'll see him and I'll be kind of the, the nice former student. Mm-hmm. I'll show up to my father-in-law's meeting and everybody <laughs> will say, oh, what a great son-in-law. He came to support his father-in-law. And the best thing about the whole thing was there was free, free food. food. <laughs> right. We had no job. We had no money and they had free food. So we went, you know. Yeah. And uh, I remember taking this food I'd never heard of. I mean, it was mm-hmm. so weird. Now it's so normal. But back in 02, like, mm-hmm. I, I didn't hear about any of this stuff before. I mean, I grew up in a Portuguese home. Like, there, there's a lot of Portuguese staples that you would find weird, but they mm-hmm. were normal for me. So I'd never heard of hummus before, uh, shawarma. Uh, what else was there? There was falafel. Baba ganoush. Baba ganoush. I thought they were speaking in tongues. I didn't know what was going on. <laughs> And all this, and all pita, and all this food I'd never heard of before, but it was free. So I mm-hmm. stacked my plate, and, and I kind of ran to the furthest corner room of, of the house. house. Yeah, Because yeah. <laughs> honestly, I didn't want to hang around the Israel people. I had nothing in common with them. They were mm-hmm. like, oh, I was like, no, I I just want my food. I want to eat, and I want to mm-hmm. go home, check my See name off the list. I was there. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And so I remember going into this, I think it was like the, the family room. Yeah. And I was sitting by the fireplace, and in walked this person who um, we, we knew who this person was, but mm-hmm. they were more like your your parents' friends than than our friends, to right. be honest. Yeah. And they were saying, oh, isn't this just so wonderful? I'm like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I couldn't answer because my mouth was stuffed with all the free food from the event. <laughs> and uh, they said, oh, wouldn't you just love to go to Israel sometime? And this is 2002. The, the Entifada mm-hmm. is going on, which was the Palestinian uprising. And there was between three to five suicide bombings a week in mm-hmm. Jerusalem alone. Yeah. Yeah. It was and a this, scary time to go for anybody. It was very scary. And this person is saying to me, wouldn't you just love to go to Israel? Mm-hmm. I'm like, no way. I'm thinking in my head. Yeah. Smart enough but not to say But you say the polite loud. thing, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. So sure. in my head, I remember thinking, well, I guess if God provides, I'll go. Mm-hmm. But before this, uh, she was really, really looking at me. And she mm-hmm. said, hey, you really need to go to Israel. And I was like, well, ah, I don't think I do. Uh, <laughs> no, you, I think you really need to go. And I, I don't think I need to. And she, she kind of locked eyes with me and yeah. wouldn't let me look away. It was getting really awkward. And then by the third time, she said, you need to go to Israel. Mm-hmm. I remember thinking, okay, you need to go into the next room and leave me alone because <laughs> there's no way I'm going. I said, yeah. I have no money. It costs thousands and thousands of dollars to right. go. 
And next thing I know, I said, well, I guess if God provided, I would go. Mm. And she looked at me and she said, done. Mm. I said, I'm sorry, what now? Done. We're going to yeah. pay for you and your wife to go to, to Israel. Well, it turns out it was so last minute that, you know, you weren't able to join no. me on, on that trip. Yeah. I stayed right? home with the kids. Yeah. The kids, the kids were little. And next thing you know, I think it was within a couple of weeks, maybe a few weeks. Yeah, it it was wasn't very long. Under, under three weeks. Yeah. yeah. I'm on a plane mm-hmm. flying to Israel right. and I'm freaking mm-hmm. out because I remember right before we left, there was another suicide bombing in Jerusalem. And I'm mm-hmm. like, what in the world am I doing? Why did I say yes to this crazy plan to go to Israel? And so we were flying via, uh, via London in the UK and the flight there was okay because that mm-hmm. was still very very North American, very Westernized. Mm-hmm. And then I remember getting off the plane and going to the furthest flipping corner of the airport. It was like a 20-minute walk. And now I know that Israeli flights are always at the end of airports because mm-hmm. of security, but I didn't know mm-hmm. it then. I remember seeing all these all these Jewish men who had never really seen like up close like that before right. with the beards and, you know, and, and the locks on the side of the hair and their prayer shawls. And I didn't know what was going on. And mm. I remember kind of getting freaked out a little bit like, Oh, I'm going to Israel. Right. Like this is getting real, mm-hmm. you know? And, and we, we took off from there and started to head towards Tel Aviv. And I think the dear lady beside me could tell I was a little bit freaked out. <laughs> <laughs> she goes, is this your first time? I'm like, yeah. She goes, it's going to be okay, sir. Yeah. I was like, okay. And as the plane, you know, the captain announced, we're making our final descent into the Tel Aviv area, blah, 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 all the, you know, precautions you got to take when you're landing. And I remember thinking, okay, that's it. Mm-hmm. We're never going to land. They know right. we're coming. I mean, a uh, surface-to-air missile is going to hit the plane. <laughs> boom. <That>, boom. Bye-bye. <laughs> I'm, it's over, yeah. right? And so the plane lands and we didn't blow up. I'm like, okay, that's a good sign. And... um actually landed in the old airport. Now mm. the Ben-Gurion airport is really nice and high tech and, you know, modern. yeah, very modern. Beautiful. But this was the old yeah. airport and, you know, the, the, where they used to bring the ladder to the side of the airplane. Then you get on the bus and that shuttles you to the main terminal. So I remember the plane landing and the door opening up and all the warm air hit me because it was November. It's still very nice mm-hmm. in, in Israel. But before we landed, I, I remember as I looked up the coast, and it looked familiar, although I, I'd never seen it before. And I'm like, hang on a second. And you get out your Bible, and you go to the end, and you see Jesus, you know, ministry and Paul's missionary journeys. And you're like, hang on a second. What I'm seeing out my window, that's the same map in the back of my Bible. Holy smokes, I'm coming to the land of the Bible. And like five <laughs> minutes before landing, I finally got excited. Yeah. And so, you know, I go to disembark, and I'm at the top of the stairs, and I'm like, wow, holy smokes, I'm in Israel. This is actually kind of cool. I actually, I got excited after, mm-hmm. you know, almost 12 hours of flying. And there was two security personnel there, and they looked at me. They looked at each other, you know, gave the head nod, and then they came over to me. Mm-hmm. And I thought, oh, boy, this is not good. I'm in trouble. <laughs> yeah, and they were waiting for me at the bottom uh, of the stairs. And they said, I was like, what? <laughs> and they said, you don't speak Hebrew? I said, well, if that was Hebrew, then no, I don't speak whatever that was. <laughs> and remember, they're saying, uh, is this your first time in Israel? I said, yes. This is your first time in Israel? I said, yes. It's your first? Yes, it's my first time in Israel. <laughs> well, can you tell us the last time you were in Israel? I said, I just told you, this is my first time in Israel. And they're like, right. ah, yes, yes, you did say that. <laughs> 
well, I've learned Israeli security, they're very nice, okay? Mm-hmm. But they're just, they're very thorough. Yeah. And they usually check you out three times before, mm-hmm. and before they clear you. And it's probably about three different people who are going to check you out if they yeah. have a question about you. Well, they kept asking me all these questions and they said, sir, why, why did you come to Israel today? Mm. I said, well, to see, the, no, no, why did you come to Israel today? I said, what do you mean? How come you didn't land yesterday? How come you're not coming tomorrow? Why are you landing in Israel today? I was like, uh, <laughs> I, I, I don't know. What do you mean yeah, today? Right. I said, you know, somebody bought my ticket and it was for today. Who bought your ticket? I don't know. Hang on a second. You took a, a ticket from a stranger during the time of, of Intifada <laughs> and, and basically all at war? I said, well, when you put it that way, it probably wasn't the smartest thing to do. But yeah, I bought the mm-hmm. ticket. For, you know, they bought the ticket for today. So why are you flying alone? I said, aha, I'm not flying alone. My father-in-law is coming in a different airplane. Why are you flying it in separate aircraft, sir? I said, oh, and, and the more I spoke, the deeper the hole I was yeah. digging for myself. And I always joke and I say, man, Israeli security is so good. Mm-hmm. Maybe I was up to something, but I just didn't know it. <laughs> <laughs> and so suffice it to say, I finally got through. And then my dear father-in-law, your dad, mm-hmm. showed up a couple hours later. And I'm like just freaked out at the mm-hmm. airport, I'm, yeah. you know. And he's just so excited that you're there. Like, my son-in-law has finally come to Israel with me. <laughs> he was praising God. Though, yeah. We're going to Jerusalem. I'm like, yeah, just put me back on the plane. I want to go home. <laughs> so I'm never coming back to this place. People mm-hmm. are nuts who come here more than once by choice. I'm never coming back. Yeah, your first four days weren't so great <laughs> on that trip. No, no, not what I was expecting at all. Yeah. Um, you know, because your dad had this amazing ministry and connection with all these leaders across mm-hmm. Israel, you know, Jewish and Arab, Russian, American, Canadian, just kind of from all over the world. Mm-hmm. And so we spent those first few days just meeting with, with those mm-hmm. ministers. Yeah. And when well, you were going to restaurants and meeting at churches and you, you were telling me everywhere you went, you were afraid and you were trying to find like the biggest pillar to hide behind and you yeah. were scared. Well, I mean, the, the landscape uh, of Jerusalem was really different than it is today. Yeah. You know, yeah, we went to have lunch at this one place and uh, there was all these candles in the wall. And I remember mm. saying to the owner, oh, what are all those candles for? Mm-hmm. And I said, oh, this uh, establishment was blown up last month and mm-hmm. there was a bunch of uh, school kids here and they were all killed. And so each candle represents a child. And I was like, oh, oh my yeah. Lord. Yeah. And then we were going to go meet another pastor for dinner mm-hmm. or actually the leader of the ministry for dinner. And the uh, the security guy said, oh, you're lucky. We almost weren't open tonight. We almost got blown up. I was like, what? Oh, my goodness. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We saw yeah. cable uh, hopping out of our, uh, kind of uh, sticking out of a backpack. And so we jumped oh, no. on him and we, you know, we, we saved yeah. everybody. Yeah. Wow. Uh, are we still going to eat here? Mm. They're like, yeah, man, it's Israel. You know, like <laughs> li- live free or die. Like yeah. there's, there's no way we're going to not yeah. be able to live our lives. Well, so I think probably by about the fourth day I was at work um, and you called and I was so excited to hear from you, but you were next to tears. You were like, I I don't want to ever come here again. I, I wish I could turn around and go back home. I hate this. I, like I'm, I'm scared all the I'm time. Miserable. I'm miserable. I'm not enjoying myself. So as I'm talking to you on the phone, I can just feel this like heaviness mm-hmm. come on you. You know, like what it's like when your spouse is going through something and you're, they're carrying a burden. So you start to carry that burden as well. Yeah. 
And so um, I drove home from work and I'm keeping it together because I don't want the kids to see me crying. Mm-hmm. And we were staying with your parents at that time. And so I'm, you know, just trying to make polite conversation and, you know, keep things up and so that the kids mm-hmm. don't notice anything. But that that was one of the days that my mom happened to come over uh, because your mom had been working all day. And so she she came over to be with the kids after school and hang out with them and Mm. get dinner going and all that kind of stuff and she knew the second i walked in the door that something (laughs) was wrong so we put the kids to bed that evening and we go into our bedroom and she looks at me and she goes what's wrong yeah mom's no mom's no and i just started bawling i was like he's not happy he's not enjoying himself (laughs) he's a miserable mother what am i gonna do and so she started to pray yeah. And it's funny, the prayer that she prayed was mm-hmm. that God let this not deter him from going there again. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So as she's praying it, I'm thinking to myself, yeah, right. Joe's never going there again. This is a one-time <laughs> thing. He hates it so much. Save your prayer, He's lady. N- Save your prayer, exactly. <laughs> but she began to pray this really powerful prayer. And my my mom is, is very, very quiet. Mm-hmm. Um like she's just a naturally very quiet person and she's not, you know, but yeah, yeah. when you mess with, you know, one of the baby bears, mama bear comes out and she goes after God. Like yeah. if there's something that her kids need and she just began to pray this really powerful prayer mm-hmm. over you. And so, you know, I uh, went to bed and I was, I was so downhearted and like, oh man, what's, you know, is he gonna, am I going to have to like fork out money for him to come back home? Which we were prepared to do. Yeah, we didn't yeah. have it, but we said, I, I got to get out yeah, of here. Yeah, he was so scared that it was like, oh. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. So those first four days were, were awful. And then remember the lady who said, done, I'm sending you to Israel. Mm-hmm. Well, they also paid for us to go on like on a little private tour. It was mm-hmm. just me and your dad and two other friends that had come along with us. Yeah. And I remember we started to travel around the country and listen, it was beautiful. I mean, it was pretty. And they would say, oh, this is Jericho. That's that place. Oh, hang on a second. That's in the Bible. That's kind of cool. Mm-hmm. You know, like I'm not an idiot. I was enjoying, you know, the, the biblical connection. Mm-hmm. But I felt no connection to the people, to the culture. It was just like, just get me in, get me out, you know, and, and whatever. And then I remember our, our tour guide uh, showed up on that fourth day to pick us up, mm. you know, and he was all excited. Hey, shalom, yeah. you know, and I was like, oh man. And I this don't... was just the day after that conversation that I had had with you where you were just like wanting to leave. Yeah, I'm like, So oh. he comes knocking on the door that morning. Yeah, now I got to yeah. start another 10 <laughs> to 12 days on the tour, you know, <laughs> and what's your name? Oh, I'm Arie Bar David. I'm like, oh, wow, what does that mean? Oh, the lion from the tribe of Judah. And I'm like, holy smokes, that's a cool name. Because what's your name? I said, Joe of Canada. You know, <laughs> didn't have the same oomph. So Ahie, you know, began to take us around the country. Mm-hmm. And he kept talking about, oh, this is where Yeshua did this miracle. And then Yeshua did that. And I said, what? Yahua? What, what, what's he saying? Mm-hmm. And I thought, maybe it's the jet lag. Maybe it's the Hebrew accent. He's clearly speaking about Jesus because mm-hmm. I know that's the story from right. the Gospels. And you know, he said it again, and he said it again, and finally I said, Arie, I said, why do you keep calling him that, I don't know, kind of strange name to me? He said, mm-hmm. what do you mean? I said, well, you call him, yeah, he goes, Yeshua. I said, yeah, that, why do you call him that? He goes, well, that's his name. I said, no, it's not, his name is Jesus. 
And he said, where are you from? And I said, <laughs> kind of looking at you like you were from Mars. <laughs> yeah, I said, Canada. Ah, uh, yes, in the West and in America too. They call him that name. I said, what do you mean they call him that name? That was his name. No, it's not. Mm. That's the name that the angel gave to his mother, Miriam. I said, to Miriam? <laughs> I said, his, his mother's name was Mary. And he's like, what are you talking about? You know, mm. and through that experience led me to being on... Um, uh, I, I used to say the Mount of Olives, but it was actually, it was on Mount Zion. And when we're looking down at the old city, uh, to the city of David, and mm. I could see the southern steps and all, all, all the old ruins and stuff. And that's where I kind of had that moment where I was like, oh my gosh, Jesus was a Jew. Mm. And I remember when I said it, I covered my mouth because growing up, if you called somebody a Jew, it wasn't the nicest thing in the world to do. And I'm like, oh, how could I say that about Jesus? And it's like, well, he was. And I remember turning to my friend who was there and I said, dude, I said, Jesus was a Jew. He wasn't from Montana. Mm -hmm. He goes, what does that mean? <laughs> and so from that day till this day, and I'm skipping over almost 20 years, okay? But yeah. from that day till this day, I, I've, I've dedicated myself and I've been classified now as an expert because I've put in over 10,000 hours studying the original mm -hmm. Hebrew culture from the first century. And I've learned now how important culture is. We've talked about that on, on, on past podcasts. And just to, to wrap up this, this uh, session, uh, on that tour, I also got to go up to Mount Carmel mm. to look down into mm -hmm. the Valley of Armageddon. And when we drove up there, it was Shabbat. I didn't know what a Shabbat was. Yeah. I mean, it sounded like a weird food that you have on Thursdays. <laughs> I don't know what that is. And so uh, as we pulled up, they were closing up shop. And I'm like, how do you, can you close Mount Carmel? How mm -hmm. do you close the Valley of Armageddon? Right. It's Shabbat. I have to go. I have to go. And I was so disappointed because I remember from the moment I landed, I felt God say, I'm going to speak to you there. Right. And now it's closed. So you well, were waiting for this revelation there. <laughs> yeah. I mean, at this place. Yeah. And they say, you know, sorry, Valley of Armageddon is closed for today. I'm like, what? Yeah came all this way and then I don't know how long it was later but the guy comes barreling back up the driveway in his car and he's mad now and he goes mm -hmm. you five minutes <laughs> I'm like hey I didn't ask for it don't get mad at me yeah you know and he swings open the gate go five minutes and so we walk up there and, mm -hmm. and I'm up there I'm going that's the valley of Armageddon you know I've seen mm -hmm. it dozens maybe a hundred times since then but that first time you see it man it's something mm -hmm. I'll, I'll never forget it yeah and I was looking out into the valley and God spoke to me and he said, Joe, do you want to understand my word? I said, yes, Lord. He goes, well, if you want to understand me, mm -hmm. then you've got to understand this land and the people who live in it or else you'll never, never understand me or my word. Mm -hmm. And so that coupled with that revelation that Jesus was Jewish and not a Christian, mm -hmm. he never went to mm -hmm. church, he never read the New Testament and yeah. his name wasn't Jesus. And yeah. I'm like, what in the world? Yeah. Well, it was funny because then the next conversation that I had with you, you know, I'd been feeling all of this like, oh, what's happening? He's so down and he's, yeah, you know, yeah. doesn't want to be there. And then the very next conversation I have with you is like, you're flying high because you're just so excited <laughs> now. And like all the culture had come alive to you and you were yeah. so thrilled to be learning all this new stuff. And I just, I couldn't get enough of it. Mm -hmm. And that was in 2002 yeah. and all these years later, everything that's developed in my life. And so for 14 years, I worked alongside your dad in that ministry mm -hmm. in Israel, mm -hmm. writing books, doing TV shows, doing documentaries, visiting churches, just doing whatever we could to get this message out there that for us as Christians, 
not just the best way, I'd say almost the only way to really understand the, mm-hmm. the true, the, the deeper meaning of what Jesus was saying was to understand these Jewish or these Hebraic roots of ours. Mm-hmm. And it's been an incredible journey, you know, from, from that day till, till this one. And so, you know, we're talking about about traveling. This isn't a vacation show. We're not talking about, mm-hmm. oh, check out this new hotspot and this hotel is lovely and make sure you get a massage here. No, <laughs> I'm talking about how all these journeys that Joe Amaral has had a chance to go on. Mm-hmm. They've, yes, I've had a chance to impact others and change others, but they've really impacted me as well. And so I want to come back full circle to the subtitle of, of, you know, these series of, uh, of broadcasts that we're calling mugshots, you know, is okay. I don't have an Israel mug from, from Starbucks, Mm -hmm. but I do have an aroma coffee mug. And why do I have aroma and not Starbucks? Because we talked about it at the beginning of the show, (laughs) Starbucks just didn't last in the country because of the way that we have coffee, but aroma rose in its place. Mm -hmm. And now aroma has actually come to Canada too. And all over the States. States, And so I do have an aroma mug. So so this does qualify as a mugshot episode (laughs) because I do have a mug from Israel. Well, this is kind of like the trip that started all the trips. Yeah. Yeah. So it made sense that we would begin with my first trip to Israel and my first mugshot is from Aroma Cafe over there in, in Jerusalem. And in upcoming episodes, we're going to be talking about all these subsequent trips that we've uh, taken. I, I've gotten to go to a lot of places, but you've been able to come with me to a lot of places too. Mm-hmm. Right. You came with me to Australia. Australia. That, mm-hmm. that was awesome. We've Went been to Hong Kong, Hong Kong, all over the States, all across Canada. Mm-hmm. And we'll get, we'll get to those episodes. So the next time we have uh, a mugshot episode, I'm going to talk about my first trip to Hong Kong. And how on that trip, I knew that God had given me something special to give to not just a church, but to give to the church. Mm-hmm. So in fact, right after we finished uh, this this uh, this podcast, I'm going to go downstairs and I'm going to brew a coffee and I'm going to get out my aroma mug and I'm going to remember that <laughs> first trip to Israel. I'm going to thank God for that experience. Mm-hmm. And for all the blessing that's come into our lives because of that first trip. Mm-hmm. So that's my first mugshot. <laughs> what a good mugshot it was. <laughs> yeah, make sure to uh, to hang around all of my social media sites. That's where I'll be posting mm-hmm. um, all, pictures about the mugs that I'm talking about on, on the podcast. And uh, maybe pictures from the places that I've been to. I'm not sure yet what I'm going to post. But hang around um, on Facebook. It's the Joe Amaral Public page. And on Instagram, it's just Joe Amaral. You can also check out the website, joeamaral.org, uh, for you know all the products that I've been able to put out together, books mm-hmm. and videos and all, and all that kind of stuff. So this has been a lot of fun, kind mm-hmm. of going down this memory lane. Yeah. And it's a great first mugshot. There's a lot more mugshots to come because there's been a lot of travel along yeah. the way. Well, and because this one was focusing on Israel, we would mm-hmm. love to have you join us in Israel. I think it would be amazing for yeah. you to experience a lot of these things and have some of these uh, wow moments for yourself. 
Yeah, and uh, we'll talk about some of the experiences I had at different sites in Israel. Mm-hmm. So go to joamaral.org and there's a tour section there and just check out when we're going next. And I know that it will be the trip of a lifetime and you will never be the same and your Bible reading will never be the mm-hmm. same. So thank you so much for joining us. I'm Joe. And I'm Karen. And this has been The Joe, Joe Show. Show.